0: On last week's episode of the American Cartel, Christopher Steele stands completely frozen after watching a video of his client, Dominique Jackson, being murdered inside of his vehicle by the Atlanta police and a federal DEA agent. In New York City, Michael Cardone, head of the Cardone crime family, in which they control 70% of the cocaine and heroin within New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Dominique Jackson has been loyal to the Cardone family for many years and now Michael Cardone wants to know who's going to take over the family business because now his profits are at stake. If the business cannot survive with Dominique being killed, then the Cardone family needs to take over right away. You're listening to the American Cartel. 8.07 8.07 p.m. Auburn Avenue. Cable News Network reporter Alexa Ewing falls to the ground after what sounded like a bomb going off less than a half a block away. Completely shaken by the loud explosion, she starts to get to her feet. Her ears are ringing. She looks around and can clearly see the mayor, two A's and a bodyguard running towards a waiting SUV and a screaming crowd running in the opposite direction. Right away, she starts looking for her cameraman who was standing a few feet away when the explosion started. After a few more seconds, she can see him lying next to the van, still holding his camera, but she can also see that his eyes are wide open, but he's not moving or making any sounds. Alexa immediately pulls out her cell phone to call 911 while checking his pulse. She can hear the anilamps coming in her direction. Alexa begins CPR, but notice a lot of blood around his neck area. As she continues to search for a wound, a medic quickly approaches and tells her to please step away. Alexa can see that her friend for the past eight years is gone. A second medic runs towards her yelling, are you hurt? Yes, Alexa says, but not on the outside. You're listening to the American Cartel. FBI special agent in charge, Jesse Hunt, internal affairs, Lieutenant Tina Clark, and the Atlanta police are trying to control the screaming crowd with no luck. Jesse Hunt looks around trying to see if anything strikes him as unusual, but as far as he can tell, the crowd is in complete panic mode. The Atlanta zone three precinct, Commander Pike is running towards him, letting him know that more officers are en route. Meanwhile, across town, Trey Nightmare Jackson heading west on Cascade Road towards the family estate in Cascade Heights. Picks up his cell phone, calls his sister, Andrea Jackson, letting her know that he should be arriving within the next 15 minutes. Trey Jackson is thinking to himself with his top goon, KP, sitting on the house waiting for the individual to arrive. He knows it's too soon to react. However, he needs answers right away as for the murder of his brother, Dominique Jackson. A few seconds later, his cell phone vibrates. It's KP calling to let him know that the individual has not yet arrived. 8.41 p.m. DEA agent Molly Finn is headed north on Peachtree Road. She makes a right turn at the corner of Peachtree Park Drive when her cell phone starts to ring. It's her boss, Special Agent in Charge, DEA Paul Parker. Paul Parker informs her that there was a bombing that took place a little over an hour ago at the crime scene of Dominique Jackson. Paul Parker continues telling her that the commander just called him saying that they need more help for crowd control. She needs to return back to the scene only for crowd control. She is not to get involved in any investigation. She is still on administrative duty. A few yards ahead, KP sits in a black Tahoe waiting. When he notices in his rearview mirror a dark sedan with government plates, stops a few feet back, turns around, and head back towards Peachtree Road. Dominique Jackson's family estate. Andrea, Andre, and Malik all wait in Dominique's private office while Tia Jackson gets the twins ready for bed. A few seconds later, Tia Jackson enters the room with Trey right behind her and they both take a seat. As the family sit in complete silence in what seems like an hour, everyone is trying to control their anger and take everything that has happened within the last 12 hours of Dominique's life. After a long silence, Tia Jackson starts to speak, letting everyone know that Dominique will want the family to stay strong, stay together and continue to move forward with business. Tia also let the family know that they must allow the police to do their job, at least as it may appear to the public because of the family's reputation and the community as a whole will be watching the family must move in silence with justice to whoever killed her husband and why with those words left in the air tia jackson looks around the room and makes eye contact with trey nightmare jackson and tells him that whatever he does to do it quietly not to draw any attention to the family. Trey continues to look straight ahead with no response. Tia Jackson has known Trey since he was a little boy and at that moment she's thinking whenever Trey is quiet, somebody's about to suffer. The rest of the family continues to sit in silence for a few more minutes until Andre, Dre Jackson mentions The Cardone family reached out to him earlier that day while they were at the restaurant. He received a text message from Giovanni Ruscio, Michael Cardone's captain, letting him know that they will be in town tomorrow. They must talk with the family at once, but not over the phone. Andre goes on by saying that they want to meet with the family as soon as possible the room goes quiet once again. You're listening to The American Cartel. 9.47 p.m. Alexa Ewing with the Cable News Network has returned to give a live update regarding the scheduled press conference that was supposed to take place by Atlanta Mayor Hill over an hour ago. Her boss wanted her to take a few days off with the death of her cameraman, Stan Lee. However, she knows that she'll be unable to rest or take time off after everything that has happened in the last 12 hours. Virgil, her new cameraman, breaks her thoughts, telling her they're going live in two minutes. Meanwhile, back at Dominique's private office, Tia Jackson tells the family that they need to meet on tomorrow. She will text everyone, letting them know the time and place. She also lets the family know that from this day forward, they need to meet at different locations until they know who killed Dominique. As the family gets ready to leave the room, Tia stops everyone and points to the television screen on the wall It's breaking news from the crime scene. Everyone turns their attention to the TV as Alexa Ewing is about to go live. In New York City, Cardone family estate, Michael Cardone is sitting in his library, drinking Johnny Walker Black, talking on the phone with an agent that's on his weekly payroll. The agent is letting Michael Cardone know that the matter is under control and the case will be closed quickly. The agent also mentions that as per their agreement, the video, the cell phone and the prison phone records will be given to him upon the final payment of 250,000. As Michael Cardone continues to listen, the agent tells him to expect a call within two days for a location to bring the final payment. As Michael Cardone ends the call, he makes another call letting the individual know he's got the green light. Make it happen tonight. Preparing to leave the room, he turns his attention to the TV. Alexa Ewing is about to give a live update. Michael Cardone sits back down. You're listening to The American Cartel. Auburn Avenue. Cable News Network reporter Alexa Ewing stands a few feet away from the angry crowd who keeps screaming justice for Dominique. Alexa stands next to Mayor Raven Hill top aide Veronica Walters. Alexa Ewing speaking to the camera is letting the public know that Mayor Raven Hill will reschedule a conference on tomorrow. However, Veronica Walters is here to give some updates to the investigation. Alexa Ewing asks Veronica, what can you tell us so far? Speaking into the microphone, Veronica Walters first starts off by saying her condolences to the Dominique Jackson's family, especially to his wife and two children that he leaves behind. Veronica Walters says that what they have so far is that Dominique Jackson was killed with two nine millimeter handguns, twice in the chest and once in the head. As of right now, no weapon has been found, nor was a cell phone located in the vehicle. Witnesses are saying that they saw Dominique talking on the phone at that time. However, police so far has been unable to locate a phone. Mayor Raven Hill is asking the public for patience and time for the investigation to continue. The mayor is also asking anyone with information, please contact the Atlanta Police Department and all information will be kept confidential. Verona Walters continues by saying that Edna Jenkins, known to the community as Nana Mama, her investigation will continue as well. What we know is that at the time, there was no weapon found or near her body just a cell phone. The mayor's office is asking anyone with information or anyone who may have witnessed a shooting to please step forward. Veronica Walters ends the interview by saying that the mayor will hold a press conference as more information becomes available. Alexa Ewing finished a live update by saying that witnesses are saying that Dominique Jackson was on the phone seconds before he was killed. Dominique Jackson, court, according to witnesses, was murdered by the Atlanta police and a federal agent. Alexa Ewing goes on to say that she will continue to monitor this story around the clock and bring you breaking news as it happens. 10.29 p.m., Trade Nightmare Jackson heads east on Cascade Road towards downtown Atlanta. Instead of going home, Trey decides to head towards the city. As he prepares to get on I-20, his cell phone vibrates. It's his top goon, KP, telling Trey that a black sedan with government plates has just returned. Trey tells KP to sit tight. He's less than 20 minutes away. They will wait a few hours until things get settled. Then they will go in and grab the individual and go back to the spot for question and answers. KP understands the Q and A sessions well. Nobody survives the Q and A. Q&A. Trey wants to bring the individual back to the basement, which is 25 feet below ground. No one can hear the screams. 30 seconds later, the government sedan parks behind a white panel pickup van that allow, that has Doris flowery delivery on the side. K.P. noticed the van early in the evening, but didn't think anything of it until now. He looked closer and noticed that exhaust fumes coming out of the rear pipe. And in that split second, he realized that the van was still running. Another second goes by. He sees two guys in ski masks jump out of the white panel vehicle as DEA agent Molly Finn gets out of the vehicle carrying her bag in her hand. A split second later, before she could scream, they hit her with a stun gun, knocking her out cold, picking up her limp body, placing it into the rear of the cargo van. KP sat there completely still at what he was looking at. He gets on the phone and calls his boss, Trey Jackson, tells him what just happened and that DEA Molly Finn had another ride waiting. Join me on next week's episode of The American Cartel. I'm your host, Gene O'Neill. And hey, everybody, don't forget to support the show. Scroll up to the top of the page and hit the support button. Your support helps sustain future episodes. Join me each and every week for The American Cartel, Sundays at 8 p.m. on anchor.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The American Cartel.